Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Slow, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. Come up and on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about Mercedes Monet. She recently had an altercation with a fan at an expo. We're going to tell you a little bit more about that. 
WWE officially signs a six foot four top free agent. There's also some former stars who are leaving WWE. Got some news on Andrade. Some news on Shawn Michaels as well. What's going to be happening for Crown Jewel? How's that card shaping up? Or wrestlers that may jump ship to WWE now that Jade Cargill has kind of paved the way. We're also going to be talking about the new SmackDown general manager, Nick Aldis. We're going to find out what his role in the company is going to be and if we may see him in the ring again. Also going to talk to you about what happened on Monday Night Raw this week, the big title change that happened. And we're also going to talk about Collision. Collision had a great show. Ratings were very high for this show as opposed to had been. It looks like the fans, even though there were very few, were rowdier than ever. We're also going to be talking about the relationship between CMLL, AAA, and AEW. It seems like it's a three-way dance that not everybody once put the dancing shoes on for. And Vince McMahon no longer in charge of creative. He was demoted. But what does that mean for his new upcoming Netflix documentary? All that and so much more. But right now, let me bring him in. He is the other half of the Can-Am Connection. He is my dear personal longtime friend from Canada. He just told me that he got his polar bear some new chew toys, and I'm excited to hear all about that. And a new fresh one foot of snow is outside on his front door. His name is Christopher Butt. What's going on, buddy? Oh, this is it, Mike. I'm just uh, looking out the office window here. And Bubba, that's my polar bear. I named him Bubba. Nice. He's chewing on a, on a caribou leg right now. Oh, I love it. Yeah, the, the rest of the caribou is still connected to the leg, so it's, it's a bit nasty. I'll deal with that tomorrow after work. Yeah, you can really see it in a foot of snow, too. It, it's funny how our perceptions of things, you know, we actually believe that that's the way it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, in Americans, we get knocked a lot for kind of being dumb. Like, in the world, we're kind of like the dumb kid. And I'm not knocking on, you know, ever because not everybody listens to this. They're, you're not dumb. I'm just saying in general. We're kind of looked at as that uh, person that doesn't really pay attention and... uh I mean, look at our look at our po political situation here in the United States. Oh my God! I watched a press conference today, and it got canceled immediately, abruptly, and our president had to be ushered off of the stage in the middle of him speaking because he was having another senior moment. You can't make this stuff up. There's a there's a YouTube video. I'm gonna try to find it and send it to you. And it's about. The guy's a comedian, a Canadian comedian, and he's interviewing people in the state. Just ridiculous. They, they don't know. Igloos yes, they don't. They, have no, they know nothing. I polar know. bears walking down the streets of Toronto. And, and Can you yeah. believe those people? My God, not a single I, brain cell. I'm going to find, I'll try to find the insanity because you're just watching like, there's no way. Just, this has got to be set up. You can't be that unintelligent. Well, unfortunately, I think you can. Yeah. And I was like, well. It was special. All right, let's kind of jump right into it here. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about tonight, Butster, is Nick Aldis. As many of you guys know, Nick Aldis left Impact Wrestling and became a free agent when his contract expired. Now, a lot of people were wondering, would he show up in AEW? Would he go to WWE? You know, what were his next moves? Well, we found out that he did end up going to WWE, but he went there on a trial basis as a producer. Now, he did spend several weeks in this uh, interim role, is almost a tryout per se. And it was just revealed this past Friday night on SmackDown that he's going to be the new GM of the brand. Like to get your take on this. What do you think about Nick Aldis joining WWE as far as him being backstage, being a producer, and then splitting his time as well on screen as the general manager? And do you think this is just an excuse to get him on screen? This will end up leading to a feud somewhere down the line with someone. I was, it's definitely an interesting move. Uh, Oz is a very good wrestler. Been around quite a while. He actually wrestled up here about a month ago uh, against a local guy here. Uh, so 
he can still go. Uh, still looks amazing. I'm a little surprised he went to WWE, honestly, seeing how his wife is with Impact. Uh, so that was a bit of a surprise. Um, I would be surprised if he's retired from in-ring. He's not young, but he's not old either. It's not like he's 50 years old or nothing like that. Uh, he could still wrestle. Oh, is there underlying issues that we don't know about? There very well could be. I haven't heard anything myself. I don't know if you have. But he's a very knowledgeable man. I mean, he's wrestled everywhere. He's been a champion everywhere. So you would think that people should listen to him. Uh, and when I say listen to him, I don't mean like he dictates everything to him, but take his advice, sit under a learning tree with him. Uh, most likely, yeah, I, I think he's going to make some kind of a return in the ring, not just as the general manager, but as a superstar. I just can't see it being done already. I think he's still, because he never got his WWE moment. And I would imagine you're not going to go from being all over Hell's Half Acre and then you find your chance in WWE, but it's as a general manager and, and backstage producer. He's going to want his moment. He's going to want his something, whether it be a WrestleMania moment or Royal Rumble or whatever. That's my assumption anyhow. I think that's the route I would go if I were him. I want to have that moment. So that's that's my take on that. He's not done in the ring yet, I don't think. It's funny that we talk about these different things. We talk about, you know, your WrestleMania moment. And did I ever get my moment? And I don't know if we really heard about that when we were, you know, living in the Attitude Era where people didn't really talk about my WrestleMania moment. Would you say the Shawn Michaels winning the championship really started to propel this notion of having a WrestleMania moment and then you know we we heard Mick Foley make many references I never had my WrestleMania moment was that the first time you'd really started hearing about having a moment or maybe was that something that I had missed completely had that been referenced before or did that just kind of come about I would say within the last 10 years or so uh yeah it's probably the last 10 years I, I mean obviously I there for a bit I stopped watching wrestling but I don't remember hearing about it when I was a kid, albeit things were different. We didn't have the internet, the dirt sheets, and all that stuff. But you never heard of it. Even in the ring, you never heard a guy saying it. Like after WrestleMania 4 or something, you never heard nothing about my WrestleMania moment. So, yeah, I, I think it's something in the last 10, 12 years type thing. Um, yeah, it's interesting you, you speak of McFoley never had his WrestleMania moment. Did he never win a match at WrestleMania? Am I missing something? I don't think he did. I don't think he ended up winning one. And I feel like the moment that he, well, and I mean, he did talk about this on some of his, um, some of his interviews and his podcasts as well. He he talked about WrestleMania 22, which happened in Chicago at the Allstate Arena. I know this because I was there. Um, his match with Edge, um, he said, was really his WrestleMania moment. Which I feel like it was a great match between the two guys. It was a, a no-holds-barred match. I guess this whole overarching theme about, man, I didn't have my moment. Do you think that people are obsessing over that a little too much instead of just saying, you know what, I want to have a damn good career. I want to have damn good matches. But this added pressure of my WrestleMania moment, I feel like it's kind of taken on a life of itself. And I feel like some people in wrestling, if they don't have a quote-unquote WrestleMania moment, that people can look back and say, oh, remember that moment from that person at Mania? You almost get the feeling that they see themselves as less than. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with it, not to, not to play devil's advocate this early in the show. But everybody wants 
that moment for themselves. Not that they feel it, that they haven't entertained the fans or how you want it, but you want it for yourself so you can remember in 20 years' time, 30 years' time, you're talking to your kids or your grandkids or whatever. You know, in WrestleMania 27, I had a match against this guy. We tore the house down. Doesn't need to be to win the world title or nothing like that. No, you could be the opener, right? You could be the third match of the card, but just have that that big moment, just something that you can be proud of yourself. Just a, a bit of an ego thing. And I don't say that ego in a bad way, but just something that I did that. I'm proud of that. That was a big deal to me. I entertained 20,000, 50,000. Whatever it would be. Do you do you think that it has to come in a winning uh, a winning way, or can it just be the match itself was fantastic? Because I think that's the other thing that kind of separates things. You know, is your WrestleMania moment happening, and does that mean you it culminated in a victory, or was it just, damn, that was an awesome WrestleMania moment, and I'll never forget it. So, does it have to be associated with a victory? It doesn't have to be, but I'd want it to be a victory, wouldn't you? Like, would, would. You want your moment, or um, let me rephrase that. I apologize. I would want my moment to be I had a definitive win against Superstar X, whoever it would be. Right. You no, know, however, the match went just an absolute slobber knocker, a technical match, spot fest, whatever it is. But I had my moment. Me and such and such person had this great match. The fans were popping. They were out of their seats. We had a great match. And I... That's what, you can still have a great match and not win. Like, let's look at um, stuff like TLC. So you had six amazing talents. Mm -hmm. Three of the best tag teams ever, okay. possibly. I would say at least the last 40 years. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, those... You're talking a lot of talent there. Well, so there's got to be two losers every time they had a match. But you, any of them get there and say, hey, that was my moment. And you'd be like, yep, absolutely. Those matches were ridiculous. Jeff going off the 78-foot ladder and everything. Like, you know, obviously I'm being a smart ass here, but you know I me, mean? that big-ass ladder. Yeah. And everything else. And I don't remember if the Hardys won that match, to be honest with you. I can't remember who won any of those matches. I want to say Edge and Christian ended up winning that one. But all those matches were amazing. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be a win. But I would think for myself, I would want it to be a win. Just so you can say you won. Well, no, I mean, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I want that definitive moment in my career. But I don't know. I just feel like it's it's... And, and if that's something that is seen at, through the wrestler's eyes or if that's driven by the wrestlers based upon what the fans' perception of their WrestleMania matches were, I don't know where this all started. But if that's what Nick Aldis wants, if, if Nick Aldis wants to have his WrestleMania moment, if that's maybe something on his bucket list that he wants to do, we know Cody wants to do that, right? I mean, that's the whole concept behind the, the return, right? Hashtag finish the story. But for those of you who may not be super familiar with who Nick Aldis is, let me give you a little backstory on Nick Aldis. So Nicholas Aldis 
was born November 6th of 1986. He's only 36 years old, so still very much in the prime of his career. He's from Dockington, Norfolk, England. Uh, he is married, as we said before, to Mickey James. They got married in 2015, and they have one child together. He was known as Brutus Magnus, Magnus, Nick Aldis, Sir Brutus Magnus. If that name sounds familiar, yeah, yeah, he was in uh, Impact Wrestling. Yep, he was there. Uh, he was part of that whole transition time when uh, after Hogan and Bischoff had come in. So how did he all get into wrestling? Well, in 2003, uh, Nick Aldis decided he wanted to go into pro wrestling. Well, he was already a really, really established athlete to begin with. Uh, he was a swimmer as well. He also played tennis, and he was also an amateur bodybuilder in the UK. Well, this all ended up uh, having him spotted, like a lot of people do. So on December the 17th, 2004, they had a British wrestling competition. There was a promotion that came up. Uh, it was called Dropkick Wrestling. And he decided to see if that he could get in there to get trained and start his professional wrestling career. So he started doing that. Uh, he was with the promotion till about 2008, 2009. And at that point in time, he decided to make his way over to the States. He knew that wrestling was really hot over here. And one specific promotion was actually doing really, really well and paying really well um, because TNA, uh, which actually had gotten bought, a large majority of it got bought out by Panda Express. Um, was it Panda Express? No, why am I the saying Chinese Panda food Express? restaurant? It's not a Chinese food restaurant. There was a, a Pan Panda Energy Company that had uh, been a big stakeholder in TNA. So some really nice contracts were being given out. So Aldis decided that he wanted to come over stateside and make a nice paycheck, establish himself as a star here in the United States as well. He was with Impact for a very long time, 2008, 2009, all the way until 2015. So after 2015, Aldis decided to leave Impact Wrestling. There was a lot of issues there, whether it was contract-related or if he was not necessarily getting the push that he really wanted. So he ended up leaving there, and he hit the independent scene. He started to do some different things with some different promotions. Um, if you do remember, he then went ahead and uh, signed most recently with the NWA, Billy Corgan's promotion. Um, even before that, he made some stops at Pro Wrestling Noah as well, which was a big uh, move for him. He wanted to step out and see what else that he could do. And after a few years with the NWA as the world champion, he ended up dropping the title. Uh, Murdoch ended up, Trevor Murdoch ended up taking over as the champion. Then subsequently, uh, Tyrus took over being champion. And now I believe the champion is EC3. Well, he saw the writing on the wall that Billy Corgan's company really wasn't going anywhere. And if he didn't want to wrestle and be seen just on YouTube, he had to make a decision. His contract came up and he was considered one of the biggest free agents in wrestling recently. He then um, was had some overtures from AEW. Some overtures were made by WWE, and it really wasn't explained as to why it wasn't to be an active wrestler. But as I said before, he came into WWE recently on a tryout basis as a producer. Now they decided that they were going to move him to a SmackDown general manager, and here we are today. So hopefully we'll get to see Nick Aldis in the ring. I don't necessarily think that we're going to see Mickey James back, but again, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, he was part of the British invasion. 
Uh, he was TNA World Tag Team Champions as well. He had some great matches. So if, if you haven't seen everything that Nick Aldis has done, he was part of the British Invasion. Um, he was part of so many storylines uh, during that whole Aces and Eights aspect of it. He was in the works there as well. So check him out. You can find his matches on YouTube as well. But he's now officially in WWE. He'll be on Friday Night SmackDown as the authority figure. So we'll see what happens. And maybe this will culminate to, uh, to a WrestleMania moment. Maybe it won't. We'll have to wait and see. Another big news coming up. Um, Shawn Michaels is going to introduce a new GM for NXT. So probably this is happening as we speak here. So on tonight's episode of NXT, it's really anticipated because it was supposed to be the return of Becky Lynch uh, for the number one contenders championship for the NXT Women's Championship. So there is a lot of organizational changes that are happening in NXT right now. NXT has been on the rise. It's been doing really well. But a lot of people said uh, when they went to head-to-head with AEW on Tuesday night that it was chaos backstage. Things were very unsettled. Things were being rewritten. Things were being changed to try to keep up with the pacing of the Dynamite show, which I will give them complete credit. The Dynamite show did really well. If you listen to Eric Bischoff's Strictly Business podcast, which is on the ad-free shows network, he actually said that even though AEW only had maybe two or 3,000 fans in the arena, which actually holds like ten or 12,000, the energy level was insane, he said, and it came across on the screen. And he felt that actually AEW had the edge, uh, even though they lost the numbers ratings. I believe they drew a little over 600,000 and NXT drew about 922,000. So from a statistical aspect, AEW lost, but Eric Bischoff said surprisingly a positive thing about AEW that he felt like they had the uh, the upper hand on this. So what's going to be happening with the new general manager for NXT? We're going to be finding out. Um that should be something that um we find out pretty soon. It's also noteworthy Many people believe that William Regal could be the next general manager of NXT. Well, if you remember his contract with AEW and the out that Tony Khan gave him, he is not actually able to appear on screen uh, for a considerable amount of time. I believe it's till the end of 2023. So we'll find out what's going to be happening after that and if we'll see William Regal on TV again. So... Looks like Shawn Michaels is making some changes down in NXT. SmackDown's going to be having a new general manager. And WWE's hot right now. We talked about this. I mean, people are watching. People are tuning in. They're getting some really, really great numbers. I want to say they had, I want to say 1.4, 1.5 million people tune in this past Friday night. And that's a big deal because there's so many things that are going on now in the fall. So, we're going to have somebody on. I got a, I got a big secret. I'm going to bring somebody on. And uh, you've seen this person. It's so secret. You didn't even tell me. I didn't even tell you. This person has a connection to John Cena. Um, I think you're going to like it. I'm not going to say anything yet. I'm going to give the big unveil uh, once this individual appears on the show. So stay tuned. They're also a, a big, big part of why... The Thugonomics character got over so well in WWE, so I'll I'll leave it as a tease right there. 
Um, Butster, let's talk a little bit about what is going to be coming up for Crown Jewel. Uh, Crown Jewel, a, a really controversial pay-per-view that WWE does. I'm going to ask you, um, do you feel like Crown Jewel overall has really delivered? Has it under-delivered? Or has it kind of been a mixture of both and it's going to been kind of eh, just average? Eh, just average, I think would be accurate for, for me. Um, it's basically an event for the, the Saudi king or the Saudi prince or something. From what I know of it, that's that's essentially what it is. He gave WWE a boatload of cash. And they put together a card and, and they wrestled for him, basically. I mean, they had um, Goldberg was on it. Uh, Taker was on it. They seem to bring back a lot of legends. Uh, my my guess is that it's people that the Saudi king liked, or does like, or did like, or whatever it would be. I mean, I don't. You know yourself. I'm not big into to the politics thing, so I, I don't really care much to go down that road. Uh, Maybe right now might not be the best time with everyone that's going on over there. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. I, that we're not going to go down. But just I'd, I'd rather not go down that route to to discuss that too much. But it's a political thing more than anything. I mean, they've never really put off great matches. None of the events have been. Holy crap! That was amazing. Or a must-see, yeah. Yeah, like, that I can think of. I mean, hell, I'm struggling on remembering who's even been in it. I know they had the first women's match, but they had to wear special things. They weren't allowed to show any skin or whatnot. There's a lot of that stuff involved that I don't fancy too much. Uh, some wrestlers won't go over there. Uh, was it the last one or the one before where they wouldn't let the plane take off or something? Yeah, there was rumor that... Uh, and once again, how do you know what to believe? But evidently the plane was not allowed to leave the airport because I guess WWE had not made a payment in full to the crown prince. And therefore there were people holding the plane up until payment officially went through. Again, you can talk to 10 different people. You'll probably get 10 different answers on this whole thing. I don't know if we've ever heard a story from someone who's actually said, oh, yeah, this is actual factual. And I think the reason why is because if WWE had anyone step out of line and say something that was negative to the company outside of what their message that they put out, that that's bad news bears right there. And right or wrong, that's, that's a, a show of respect for the for the organization though no i mean it is you don't want to have your talent loose lips sink ships man and and we see one ship right now it's got a bunch of holes in it oh yeah so right now what we're looking at is an event that only has uh, a couple of matches that have been announced so far so the big details is when and where and all that kind of stuff when can i see it it's going to be happening on November 4th, 2023, it's when Crown Jewel will have its annual event. Now, the show um, kind of has a WWE WrestleMania feel to it sometimes. Um, that may be taking it too far. Some people like to feel like it's a, 
a glorified house show, but I think it's a little bigger than that. They really pull out all the stops, but you got to keep in mind that they also have Survivor Series that comes up right after that, which they're not going to want to really have too many matches. They're going to want people to buy the pay-per-view or subscribe to Peacock to get that big event. So it's really hard when you have two big events back-to-back. I mean, we found out from AEW that All In and All Out, that was kind of a rare anomaly, right? All In was going to be at Wembley Stadium. You knew people were going to chime in and want to see that and buy tickets. For the sake that it was Wembley, they haven't had a wrestling event there in forever. So I will agree it's probably not based upon AEW, but just for the fact that the fans were so ravenous for an event. But the fans are ravenous over in Saudi Arabia as well. It's going to be happening at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Obviously, that's going to be due to the differences between U.S. and Saudi time. Uh, They're going to have a kickoff show that will be airing uh, an hour before that, so 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. The only way you'll be able to watch it is on Peacock or the WWE Network or if your local cable provider offers it for you to purchase. So right now... We have a fatal five-way match for the Women's World's Heavyweight Championship. That's been added to the match, to the card itself. And Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the Heavyweight Championship. So we got two of those matches right now. We're also going to be finding out some more matches as we get closer. They're going to have to start mentioning them soon because it's already midway through uh, October. But it'll be interesting to see what's going on with that. So Crown Jewel coming up November 4th. Um, do you think you'll check it out? or It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, man. I'll be at work. Well, I mean, you're going to maybe take your lunch break and watch a little bit of it? Or... I have an office, Mike. I can watch it while I work if I want this, to. This is true. This is but true. No. I... When it gets closer, I'm sure we'll talk about it again when it gets closer. And if the card is something that interests me, I'm... I'd probably watch it on demand yeah. when I get home type of thing or the next day. Well, see, it it's never really interested me. Is it because the political aspect that bothers you or just the fact that it's just this, it's this big show that is made to seem big, but in reality it never really delivers? I think it's probably a little bit of everything. Because when it can't help but get a little... Disheartened. I don't know if that's the right word to use. When you hear talent, well, I don't want to go over because this political thing. And I don't want to go for that political thing. And the women can't wear this. It's just, I don't know. Like it, it almost seems a little oppressive. And I just don't want to. When I watch wrestling, we've had this, this, this talk. I don't want to have to put too much thought into it. Right, you want to be like, I, I, I don't take that as I'm a dumbass, but I I have to think all day long at work. I want to kick back in my recliner. I want to grab a couple beer. I want to put on, whether it be Dynamite or Raw, SmackDown, Collision, a pay-per-view, whatever it is. I don't want to have to think hard about it. I just want to be entertained. Pure entertainment value. And when you, when you start knowing that there's underlying issues, it, to me it kind of takes a little bit of fun out of it because you know this person won't be there because of this political thing. This person won't be there because of their religion. This person won't be there because of their 
sexual orientation and stuff. And then it just takes the good out of it for me. To each their own. Do what you want. Live your life. All that good stuff. Be happy. Be content. Good for you. I'm nothing but happy for you. But I don't want it to bleed into my entertainment. That's all. I mean, I can see that as well. I respect that. That's not That's not anything I think is unheard of. I think it's going to be... It's a reasonable thing to feel that way. I mean, it's WWE. I mean, a lot of people have very unique feelings about that. Let's talk about what happened uh, this past Monday on Monday Night Raw. It was a really interesting show. Um, I watched it. I thought it was good. Um, and I don't typically give WWE a lot of praise. They had a match between Piper Nevin and your, one of your favorite wrestlers, Natty. And Natty put on a great match. Natty did a great job. Piper's also a really good wrestler as well. Uh, Piper went over. Obviously, she's uh, one half of the tag champions. So obviously, she's not going to lose. Uh, but Natty, again, she did her job. She They had a really good match, I thought. And um, it's interesting to see where they go with this. It seems like Natty has fallen very comfortable with, hey, WWE's taking care of me. Tyson Kidd works here. He's a producer as well. Maybe I'm. I, she never really seemed like, and we've talked about her so many times, like she's a where's my push or where's my pay raise or anything. She seems just happy and just willing to do what her role is. Um, obviously, she put over Piper Nevin, which was really good uh, for Piper. Obviously, they're trying to continue to to push that aspect of uh, the tag team champions as well. Um, also another really good thing. There was a face-to-face -face with Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre, which obviously is going to lead up to their match happening up at crown jewel for the heavyweight championship guys threw barbs back at each other back and forth. Um, if you haven't seen it, you can definitely check that out on YouTube as well. I thought it was really, really good. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of good lines that were going back and forth. You would know because you've never been a champion. Yada, yada, yada. Check it out. Uh, Kevin Owens was traded, as some of you may know, over to SmackDown. So Sami Zayn is no longer with his best buddy. He is now flying solo. Now, the Kevin Owens trade was because of Jey Uso coming over from SmackDown. So what ended up happening is Raw ended up having to send somebody over because Jay came to Raw, so it ended up being Kevin Owens, and Sammy really wasn't too happy with that, uh, but as the show went on, Sammy then ended up uh, making amends with Jay Uso, and uh, it looks like right now things are okay, but we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with all of that. Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler went at it one-on-one. -on -one. Very brutal match, a uh, very physical match. It went to a no contest. Again, they're trying to build up... Um, Shayna and the same time they're trying to keep Rhea really really white hot right now as the women's champion we'll see what happens that's going to be leading to a big fatal five-way match that's going to be happening at crown jewel as well again Shayna Baszler is just she's there but yet sometimes she's not um great segment with the Alpha Academy um working with some new guys trying to get them to, to get over with the audience. So when you look at the Alpha Academy, I absolutely love them. And and the more I watch them, the more I can see why the Butster is very, very high on them specifically. Uh, oh my gosh. 
Otis. Name almost slipped my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really getting like, I remember when I was trying to get you on board with the acclaimed and you're like, no, no. And then you would always tell me about Otis and I'd go, eh, I don't know, but I'm really starting to appreciate Otis for his abilities in the ring, which are awesome. Mm-hmm. His comedic ability is good. So it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, on Monday night raw they were backstage, um, and there was six other talents, including Kizira Tozawa. Uh, and it was funny. They were doing kind of a gimmick about him training with uh, with the Alpha Academy, trying to get ready. If you have not seen this, check it out on YouTube as well. Uh, as well. Chad Gable did his part, which was great. Um, obviously not talking about Shorty G anymore. And Otis definitely had some classic lines in there. So it was a good, it was a good segment back there. And uh, I think you'll enjoy that. We had a tag team title match and the tag team championships were stripped. were taken away from, from Cody Rhodes and uh, Jey Uso. They're no longer the tag team champions. Finn Balor and Damian Priest are the new undisputed tag team champions. So they're trying to keep up that, that bloodline storyline going as well. So I'm very curious to see where this goes. It's a very short title reign. Um, I did not foresee that being a short title reign, um, but the match, uh, there was interference, obviously, which led to the title changing hands. Overall, the show I thought was pretty good. I'll give the show a solid B+. I enjoyed it. It was it was quick. It kept the pacing really well. Uh, but, sir, did you get to see any of Monday Night Raw this week? Uh, no, unfortunately, I won't get that for three more weeks. Ah, so you're on a you're on a very much a tape delay, aren't you? Yes. WWE WWE Network, twenty dollars well spent. Gosh. Um what else do I want to jump into really quickly? Uh let's see here. I want to talk about Bray Wyatt's brother, and I don't know why um that name is is eluding me here. Help me out here, Buster. Um how Bo Dallas? Bo Dallas. Well, Triple H has tried to make ways for a lot of the talent who have not traditionally been featured in high-profile roles. Well, Bo Dallas came back when they were bringing Bray Wyatt back, and this Uncle Howdy character actually was like showing up a lot, and a lot of people were wondering, well, what's the association with Bray Wyatt? Well, it was revealed that it was Bo Dallas. Well... Now, uh, since what happened to Bray Wyatt, you know, they've kind of scrapped the plans of doing anything more with that. As you remember, Alexa Bliss originally was going to be talked about being paired back up with Bray Wyatt again, which I thought would have been a disastrous thing. It didn't work towards the end. Why are you going to try to rekindle it? She ends up being away right now um, on maternity leave. So things just really aren't working out well with him. And it looks for all indications that he's going to end up being released. So hopefully we wish the best for him. It hasn't officially happened yet, but I would not be surprised if that didn't happen soon. Well, they never did anything with him. No, they didn't. And I felt like, you know, the whole Bo leave thing, I thought that was not the best. I think they could have done better with that, but it, it never really worked out for him. I think he was a good wrestler. And I think he was just one of those guys who he came from NXT and I think he had some momentum, but then when he was brought up to the main roster, 
it just didn't really end up panning out for him. And the gimmick wasn't really something that people ended up gravitating towards. And I, they weren't going to cut ties with him. Obviously, the, his dad is IRS. He's worked with the company for a long time. His brother is Bray Wyatt. Obviously, they're going to try to find a way to work him into the mix in some way, shape, or form. But now that Bray is gone, it looks like uh, they just don't have any room. They were thinking about trying to do something with the Uncle Howdy character. But without Bray, you know, there's an Alexa. I mean, that really kind of makes it hard to have this character continue to survive. Would you agree? No. Give it a try. Why not? They've had worse gimmicks. You remember the Boogeyman, right? The Boogeyman was uh, was interesting. Um, there's been recent talk about the Boogeyman potentially signing a Legends deal and uh, making some one-off appearances as well. I, I don't know if I would say the Boogeyman was a bad character. W- would you say it was a bad character? It was disgusting. Disgusting, yeah. I get that, but was it a bad character? Like, he could wrestle. I oh, mean, it was... Wrestle? No, I'm not saying. Well, then, what do you do with Bo Dallas then? Okay, you gotta give him a chance. They've never given him a chance since he left NXT. Do you send him back to NXT? Why not? I mean, they've sent other people down there. That Baron Corbin went down there again. He's been around for a very long time. You know, he's part of a legacy. Uh, I think IRS is still with WWE. Is he not? I believe he is. I don't know what capacity he is. I don't know if he works as a producer or um, or what, but he definitely still associate with the company. I mean, Bo Dallas not a bad wrestler. It just it seems really crappy the timing on it. Nobody oh, I agree. Trying to no bring him back, you know, but his brother passed away tragically. <laughs> Sorry, Bo. We got nothing for you. Best of luck. See you later. Like I, I don't, I don't know. It's almost one of those where they got to eat a year's salary, just so you're not a piece of crap. Just so he's not. Yeah, man. Things suck. We're sorry your brother passed away, but he passed away, and now we have nothing for you. So you lost your brother, and you're unemployed. Toodaloo. Like I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they end up doing, um, but I, I don't foresee from what I've been reading and the people I've talked to, it doesn't seem like they're going to do much for him because you have this big influx of people who are going to be coming up from NXT really soon, and you already have so many people on the let's say let's use the Raw roster for example, right? So Shinsuke Nakamura is getting a bigger push. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, I didn't mention this, but he had a great match with Ricochet. Um, gosh, can't believe I didn't mention that. Gunther also had a title defense for the Intercontinental Championship. That was a good match as well. Uh, I think he's fully solidified himself as being one of the best Intercontinental Champions of all time. I'm not ready to put him in that top slot, but he had a good match. But you have that, and you have Drew McIntyre, and you have Seth Rollins, and you have Cody. Um, I think at the end of the day, sometimes there's just so many big name stars and there's only so much time. Again, we talked about this. AEW has the same situation. What do you do when you have so many people and so little of TV time on the main roster shows, you're going to have to slide somebody down to NXT, but then NXT right now is, is firing on all cylinders. So I don't know what you do. I really don't know. Um, any final comments on this portion? No, 
it, like I said, my take on it with the whole Bo Dallas is to just sometimes you got to do the humanitarian thing more so than anything else. I, you know, give the guy a break right now. Give him something. You can find something. I'm sorry, just there has to be whether it be NXT or have him just do house shows or something. It just seems rather callous to to let him go right now. I'm not saying that I disagree with it, but I would also say it is still a business, and I feel like at some point, you know, and I've always been against WWE cutting a ton of people before. I mean, especially we, we saw what happened with uh, Ty Valkyrie. You know, they moved down to Orlando, got a brand new place, were told that she was going to be prominently featured with NXT only to be cut. They sold her house in California, moved across the country, got a new house in Orlando. Then, shortly after that, she gets cut. So now, what do they do? Either stay in Orlando with the new house or try to sell the house and move back to California. It's just one of these deals where I feel like WWE can be. And and again, I'm not going to knock them. It's a business. I mean, at the end of the day. But it is kind of sad that some people will break their backs for a company and they get screwed over royally sometimes. And then you have other people who say, oh, I want to be at WWE for life. Or, you know, I, I think there's more to the story of WWE than than meets the eye. I'm sure there's some horror stories that people have experienced that um, they're not very happy with. So let's talk about another horror story. So Mercedes Monet, she was recently at a Comic-Con. And did you hear the story about what happened with her? I heard somebody asked her a question, or I don't know if we're talking about the same thing, and she got a little bit smart with them. She did. So Mercedes Monet, uh, formerly known as Sasha Banks in WWE, um, she and Trinity Fatu uh, ended up leaving WWE. They were the current tag team champions at the time. They walked into then general manager, oh my gosh, raspy voice boy. What's his name? Lawrence. John Laurinaitis' office and uh, and left. Now, as far as the reason why they left, allegedly it was because of booking. Again, we don't know this, and uh, it seems like Mercedes is throwing some cold water on that flame. So a recent fan sighting, a fan asked Monet about her experiences while she worked in New Japan Pro Wrestling and the creative issues that led to her departure from WWE. Monet shut the fan down very, very quickly. She actually went on Twitter and wrote, Fan asked Mercedes if she left WWE because creative issues, and she shut him up very, very quickly. Um, I'm going to try to pull this video up and see if I can get the audio to it. Give me one second here, but I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's an unfair question to ask. I mean, am I, am I in the minority here? I mean, if that's been what was been reported on, I mean, it's not like he's slandering her or anything like that. Why do you think that this was such a, a strong nerve that that hit her with that? That's an interesting interesting question, uh, Mike. Uh, yeah, what's what's the what's the harm in the question? Uh, from what I've read, it's not like the fan was ignorant, correct, or, or mean or anything to her. Right. You're at a Comic Con fan signing. Nope. Fans are paying some good money to come see you, get Roderick, get their picture taken. No, they just asked a simple question. I don't know if it's necessarily she should have got surly with them 
like that. Well, now, I haven't seen the video yet, so I could be completely off track. I'm just going by what I've read. Right. Might have been a bit of an overreaction. You never know. Maybe she's having a bad day, and she was sick of being asked that question. Maybe it was asked umpteen times that day, and she just ran out of patience. I mean, yes. I'm not saying it makes it right, but it would make sense, you know. Yeah. All right, let me see if I can actually uh, pull this audio up. And obviously, this is uh, this is coming from WrestleStar, so I'm going to see what uh, see what I can pull up here as far as the audio here. So, so bear with me for a second as I get this queued up. As you know, I'm a technical proficient person when it comes to all this stuff. Oh yeah, this is not this. Work. Hey, you know what? This TeamU. You familiar with TeamU? No, never heard of it. Okay. It's basically it? like, um, what was that crappy version um, that you could buy, like, all these things that seemed great, but they were just really crappy? Um, oh, my God. What was the name of that website? I bought some stuff off of the website. Do you know what I'm talking about? Alibaba? No. I'll think of it. My God, I can't. That's going to bother me tonight. All right, let's 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 play this and let's find out what exactly was going on with this. What's Timu got to do with Mercedes Monet? That commercial popped up on YouTube. My God, don't bite my ass. I have ADHD. Bear with me. Here we go. So you want to see Mercedes Monet shut down a rude fan at an autograph signing? Okay. Here you go. I was a loser fan of wrestling training. I I know that you had um, WWE because of the creative issues. Is that the reason? That's what I read. Oh, that's what you read. You weren't there. (laughs) So no. So what's the real reason? Why would I tell you? Why would I just tell you? I want to know. You ain't gonna see my interview. You ain't gonna be my. Okay, so that was the uh, the audio clip. So. But all the she people. seemed to know him. It was is the guy a dirt sheet guy or something? I don't know. But all these dirt sheets, they act like they know everything. They act like they have connections. I don't necessarily buy that they have all these connections. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy that they know people in the front office. I don't buy that they get this inside track from creative when they start writing their articles. I don't believe in any of that bullshit. I think it's all a bunch of okay. So here's the reason why. Why? Why would a company talk to a dirt sheet writer and say, hey, here's all of our plans. This is what we're going to do. Why? It doesn't make any sense. These guys are all marks that just have some money in their pocket to try to go ahead and make a business for themselves. That's all they do. Because from hearing that, the way he spoke to her, he came off as a bit of a dick. I know you left WWE because of creative. I don't. I don't think he came across dickish. Let's see. I I kind of took that as he was being a bit of a dick. Well, I don't know. It's a question. I mean, it was a forty-second clip. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't rude or anything to that nature. He's asking questions. She then says, "Have you been watching my interviews? Are you going to buy my book?" I guess she probably doesn't want to give the cat away uh, or the cat out of the bag, whatever the phrase is, because she wants people to to buy, you know, when she tells the true story and we find out what's happening. But yeah, all these dirt sheet writers, 
screw that. I don't buy a word that some of these people say. I don't because I think it's all it's all baloney. Speaking of Mercedes Monet, when do I get my T-shirt? She's still not in AEW. No, I said. Yeah. Uh, what did I say by the end of the year? Well, I don't think that's I say what six the months. deal was. I thought, I thought it was three months, like six months. But no, hold on. Find the episode that we talked about it. Oh, God, I want to say it was like either six months or by the end of the year. Okay, we'll we'll go by the end of the year. Let's go. Someone find the episode, and if I yeah. if I'm reneging on this whole thing, then I completely will go ahead and send it to you. Yeah, um, and then it'll be. I said by the end of the year. I never said by what year. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not going to be savage like that. Hey, you I'm going to be a I'm going to be a fair person. All right. So right now she still isn't cleared to compete, but when she is cleared, she still has some dates on her new Japan contract, which means she's going to be doing that. Uh, whether or not she's going to do another match with Willow, uh, that I don't know, but she is looking uh, all indications per se, these writers, say that she will end up uh, signing a deal with AEW. Now, let me ask you a question. Would that get attendance figures up? No, a little bit. So, but it so, won't be... They're not going to have an extra 100,000 people tune in. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is... I mean, AEW definitely has the talent. They do. I'm just surprised... That and I'm not talking about ratings, ratings or whatever, but just from the fans aspect of how many people show up to an event, I really feel like it's surprising to me. And I feel like it's a little confusing because you got Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, however you want to call him. He's basically in his last year of full time wrestling, which I think he'll still wrestle, just not full time. You got Ricky Starks, who's on the rise right now, Ricky Starks and Big Bill who knocked off FTR, which is probably going to lead to another feud with them. But you're giving Ricky Starks a push, which I think is a good thing. You got the powerhouse Hobbs thing, which is going to be going, I think, really well. You got this whole Christian thing with the TNT championship, which I think he's done a really good job with that. You got Jay White, who stole the championship from Max, and what's going to be happening uh, coming up on that. Was it full, is it full gear? I have a, a match uh, coming up for the championship there, which is interesting whether or not they'll pull the trigger or not. There's a lot of interesting storylines of things that are going on. I just don't understand why it doesn't reflect. But once again, if if she does sign, I'll be very curious to see what that would do for um, for attendance. So the attendance thing doesn't make any sense. I, it doesn't make I any sense. I don't know. We've talked about this too many times. I don't understand. Outside of when they were up here in Canada, the tickets were ungodly expensive. Correct. Toronto shows. But we've we've looked at tickets online on the show. Mm-hmm. They're not that bad. They're not bad at all. So I don't know what the deal is there. That there's no rhyme or reason. So there's a couple of people that the experts, and this is from Sports Kita Wrestling. Again, this is by that guy by the name of Thomas Crack. Uh, he writes this from Sports Kita. He says, here are four wrestlers that I think are going to be jumping ship from AEW to WWE. I want to go over these names. Ever since Cody left and now Jade Cargill has left, uh, we're wondering if these other stars will jump ship. Coming in up, number four is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. 
uh, Freddie Prince Jr., uh, who has his own wrestling podcast, and says um, that he sees a lot of star power in Britt Baker in WWE. He said the following, I honestly think she would kill it in WWE. She has everything that the company wants in a wrestler. She's the total package. She has an awesome submission for her finisher. She's really good on the mic and can get other people over. She's not only the one that looks good out there, but I like Britt Baker. So, as long as Adam Cole is in AEW, does Britt Baker make the jump to WWE? I doubt it. Neither do I. I agree. I agree. I think Tony Khan is probably taking care of her very, very well financially. I think that... I think the Jade situation is going to be interesting because I think that's going to be used as the litmus test. How is Jade going to be used? And don't look at the first six months because that's the honeymoon phase, right? Everybody wants they come over. It's after that period of time. Do things cool down for a while? What ends up happening? I mean, you got the Becky Lynch's and, you know, you, you have the Rhea Ripley, who's wicked hot right now. Uh, Charlotte Flair, who looks like she may be entering into something with Jade. Not really quite sure. But there's a lot of other women. Um, Raquel Gonzalez. Where does this fit in the mix? And, and I don't know if it does. Um, number three is Thunder Rosa. If she would jump over to WWE, um, I'm also going to throw cold water on that as well. Um, I just think that Thunder Rosa is, she's somebody who comes with baggage. She's known as having some troubles playing with other friends in the sandbox, right? I'm not going to share my pail. I'm not going to share my shovel. Um, I'm wondering if that necessarily would translate well into a WWE atmosphere. This is, uh, I believe, something else that uh, was said about her. She's in all my feeds. She's in all of them. She's doing something right now. I don't know what, and I don't know when she's going to show up, but she will. I want her to be treated really well. I want her to be treated like the star she is. It's really to see um, someone like that who has so many blessings and gifts. I can't wait to see her back in the ring. Uh, this is um, Thunder Rosa talking about Jade Cargill. Now, as far as Thunder Rosa, I say she would not go to WWE. What's your take on that? 50-50. Um, I, I don't see her coming back to AEW, to be honest with you. I think that's just about a done deal. Well, she's still under contract, keep in mind. So if they don't bring her back into the fold, then she's just going to sit out her contract because yeah. Tony Khan has made it very clear. He's not releasing anybody to get out of their contract just to leave and go somewhere else. That's probably what's going to happen then because there, there's something bad going on there. Once again, you alluded to it. She has some, some baggage. She doesn't always play well with others. But there's been a lot of times that don't always play well with others, but they could still play. Maybe not well, but they could play. She's just gone. There's there's backstage stuff. There's something more to the story here than we're getting. I think. I have no... I'm not trying to be one of those dirty guys. It's just my personal opinion. You're not. You're a better person. something... I won't laugh for her. But I appreciate that, Mike. But I just... There's, a, there's an issue somewhere. Because there was the rumor of the injuries or whatnot. If she was milking the injuries a little too much just because she didn't want to drop the belt. Yeah. She was upset that CM Punk got more time than her when he re was going to relinquish his championship. But 
Tony Khan didn't want him to relinquish the championship while he was out. Um, but she was given 45 seconds in a backstage segment to drop her belt while she was in tears. There's and, there's a lot to it. There's there's more. There's always more to it. Now right. that's in wrestling. That's in football, baseball, basketball, hockey, your work, my work, everything. There's always backstage stuff that people never hear of or Amen. shouldn't hear of anyhow. And I think that's what's going on with Thunderosa. There is something happening there, something bad happening there. And it's not just that she always doesn't play well. I personally, this is my opinion, Right. I have nothing to base this on other than a feeling. She's burned her bridges with AEW. I think they're just going to ride it out, or if they do bring her back, She's just going to be putting everybody else over. Could be. Could be really interesting to see what they do with Thunder Rose. I mean, the women's division does need a shot in the arm. There is no doubt about that right now. Oh, I mean, sure. the, the, the Jamie Hayter thing, she was white hot. Again, we talk about people who are organically white hot. She was. And the opportunity was missed, and then she gets injured, and she misses the biggest wrestling event um, over in, in England and, you know, or her native area and now all of a sudden you know the women's division is really kind of floundering in some ways but hopefully things will change i got some comments on statlander as well uh statlander had a really really good match with sky blue might be changing my mind a little bit about sky blue we'll talk about that in a little bit huh. are you and trying to say that i was right hey i'm an open-minded person i'm, a, I'm not a closed-minded person i'm not a tunnel vision person i like to open my horizons Okay. You are a better person. And you're right. Okay. So they're going to talk about this next guy. And this is a comment from Conan. I'm not going to tell you who the AEW star is, but I'm going to see if you can tell me who you think it is. This is Conan. Bro, this poor guy. I mean, he's got to go to WWE. He comes in. He does exact same thing he's been doing every single week. Like, he calls no one out. There's no angles involved for him. There's nothing. He was white hot at one point, now not. He just does the same gimmick, exactly. Same exact time. Nothing is really done with his matches. He just comes in and goes out. Um, who do you think this is? Wardlow. Wardlow, absolutely. So, uh, Conan on Keeping It 100 basically believes that at this point in time, Wardlow um, needs to go. He, he needs to go. And... Tony Khan continues to say that Wardlow is in the plans for the futures of AEW, but what happened? Was there an issue? Like, was there an argument or was there some level of disrespect? Because Wardlow had been talked about as being just this good dude backstage, hard worker, the future. You never heard a peep about him. And then that whole controversy came up that he, did he lose the championship with his luggage, his bagging? Was that part of a storyline? What happened with that? Is there things that we just don't know about with Wardlow that would completely reshape our opinions of the guy? Um, again, I mean, this is this. If you can figure out what's going on with Wardlow, then you probably can also figure out where in the hell is Amelia Earhart. Yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, the Wardlow, another topic that we've kicked the air of love and crap out of. 
I'll I'll be I'll give you my take on this one. Hot take. I hope he does go to WWE. Well, I want the best for him. So if that means finding a new home, then it means finding a new home. But I am just befuddled. Like unless he did something so bad that it's not recoverable from. But we would have heard something at that point. I don't know what it is. And finally, the person who um, is believed to jump to WWE coming in 2024 is the devil himself. MJF is arguably the most talked about wrestler right now in AEW. His mic skills are legendary. He's been on the mic with CM Punk. He's been considered as good as Rowdy Piper. He's had classic matches with Brian Danielson as well. Uh, MJF is the reigning and defending AEW World Heavyweight Champion for the reigning 330 days and counting. Uh, he seemingly is set to break Kenny Omega's record of 346 days, and that's just on the horizon. Despite all of this, MJF has made no secret that he is unhappy with the amount of money that he was paid. Now, I think that's all shtick, in my opinion. But this is what Freddie Prince Jr. had to say. He's also a big fan of MJF. He says this about him going to WWE and being a ready-made main eventer. For me, it's easy. Everybody knows how I feel about him. He would come in with a right idea and the right story, and I think he would be a world champion within the first year he would come into WWE. We talked about it. What would Max have to do? Would Max have to tone it down? Would they allow Max to be himself? But I take all of that aside. Freddie Prince says, and, and by the way, if, if you guys aren't familiar, Freddie Prince Jr. was a big 90s actor in all of these teen shows, uh, teen movies. And then he's such a big wrestling fan that through his Hollywood connections, he actually joined the WWE writing team and worked there for years and worked with Vince and worked with the creative department. And he has a lot of insight. So this is not just some guy shooting off at the mouth. I mean, he does have a lot of credibility with what he says. When it comes to the MJF thing, and, and I think at one point in time we talked about it and we said that his shtick about leaving to go to WWE really doesn't make AEW look good. And Tony gives a lot of creative freedom to these people when they, they get on the microphone and talk, which, again, is is good for the talent who wants to come there. But it's not always the best because no one is there to rein them in. In the moment, they can end up saying things or doing things on the air that eh, we didn't really talk about that, where the, the talent ends up making a you know instant decision. Oh, I'm going to say this or I'm going to do this. MJF had done that before. Do you think MJF is in some way winning him himself and making him look like he's a good, prof a real professional with the way he acts and talks and on the camera because he is trying to, to potentially... Uh, maybe change that perception of himself before he becomes a free agent. I never thought about it that way uh, until you brought it up. He's he would have to clean his act up to go to WWE. I think everybody would agree on that. He's not going to lose some of the stuff he says he would not be able to get away with, but he's not nearly as crude now as he was. Correct. He's definitely toned it down a lot. And he's doing a lot of stuff with anti-Semitism. Yeah. And they played a package when he went up to New England with Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and just talking about the, the Jewish hate that's been going on. And he talked about how those of the Jewish faith only make up, comprise like 2% of the world's population, but receive something ridiculous like 
50 or 55 percent of all hate crimes which is insane Jesus. you know it's it's ridiculous um yeah so he, um, he really has changed he has his, his character has changed is not nearly the same as what he was this mjf i think could work in wwe now is this mjf as over as the quote-unquote bad mjf where he was just a prick that's a good question so or is he still over as much because he developed his character being that miserable prick cheating just not a good person you remember some of the stuff he said to darby allen and what sure. some of the stuff he said was pretty bad i agree and i'm not one of those snowflakes that gets perturbed by the stuff he says but i don't know there was a couple times even i went whoo that's uh that's pretty spicy there you're coming in hot right so that mjf would not fly today's mjf would now can today's mjf continue at the at the pace he's got going keep developing his fans and whatnot because i mean he is over he's over like rover he's he is the biggest deal in AEW right now i think anyhow personally i'm gonna go with 40% chance he goes to WWE. Well, because of a chance, but I think Tony Khan's going to give him a good offer. But but think about this though. He he made well, at least he says he made good offers and good overtures to Jade Cargill. I'm sure he's going to throw out a really good offer to Max. Is the allure of WWE, the mystique of WWE being on the greatest platform would you take less pay to go there and for that opportunity? Or is it all about making money in the here and the now? Um, if I'm a young guy or a young girl, I want to get to WWE more than I want the money. Because I want to reach the pinnacle. And as much as you hate when I say this, WWE is still the top of the heap. No, I agree with that. But, but they I mean, are the top of the mountain. So I want to do that. If it's me, I want to do it just so I can, when somebody pulls up my Wikipedia page, it shows WWE was a chapter of my life. Now, because when you're young, because you're still trying to develop your character. Now, when you get a little bit older and, you know, you've you've been kicking around for a bit, and you, you know to yourself, hey, I got I got 10 years left in me. Now I'm going chasing the cash. Who's offering me the biggest money? That's that's where I'm going. But if I'm MJF, because he's 24, 25, Roughly. something, young man. I'm him. I'm going to WWE. Perfect. Okay. Because I want to say I've been there. I've done that. I've been to the top of the mountain. What I would say is, even at 24, 25, take the money. That's what I would do. And here's the reason why. One bad bump and you're done. Mm -hmm. One bad fall. One bad suplex gone the wrong way. And 
anything can happen. And I and I also strongly believe that if he stays in AEW, he will always be pushed to the moon. He will always be in the world title picture. If he goes over there, I mean, first of all, let's talk about this. Freddie Prince says that he would be a world champion within one year of being in WWE. Do you think that that's realistic or not? Oh, no. I'm not sure I'm drinking that Kool-Aid. That's pretty fast. Well, I mean, think about it. you got Seth Rollins right now who is the world heavyweight champion. Um, he's a WWE guy. They're most likely going to be sticking around. I think they're going to be pushing Damian Priest big time to being the next heir apparent to that. I don't necessarily see that happening because you got to think about it. When Roman reigns and then they talked about who would be next, it would be Cody. And then they're saying down the line, they would like to see uh, LA Knight in the mix. You're talking about multiple years before he would even be able to, to be champion. I'm not saying he wouldn't be put in matches, but I don't think he would be champion within the first year. I, I think it would be, well, look, look at Cody. He ain't the champion yet. And I mean, he he arguably is a bigger name and a bigger draw than MJF is. Yeah. The only thing Cody has done was he was a tag team champion for what? Two weeks? Yeah, cup of tea. So I really don't know. But right now, if you had to cast your vote, who is the next person or what person out of all these people, I should say, Britt, Wardlow, Thunder Rosa, MJF, or other, who do you think actually goes if you had to make a vote? Oh, that's easy. It's not even close. It's Wardlow. That's 100%. If one of those four is leaving, it is, it's got to be Wardlow. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you as well. I'm agreeing with you. Right. He has been screwed over and everything else in AEW. His career has been messed up, twisted around, kicked to the curb, and everything else. No, he needs to leave. And it's not that I don't like him. And that's not like I don't want to see him on my TV Wednesday nights. It's just they don't know what they're doing. Okay, so what would you do with him? Would you put him in the... Uh, what would you do? Would you move him past the TNT Championship? Would you move him towards the International Championship? Would you put him, or whatever they call it right now, I guess it's the International. Right now, if I'm AEW, there's nothing you can do with him. And what would you do, damaged goods at this point. Uh, what would I like to see... I mean, you just mentioned, let, let, let's let's be real here. You just mentioned Bo Dallas, which, in my opinion, is is not what I would say the hottest commodity out there. And you were lobbying for WWE to give him a chance. Well, I mean, whether it's for charity cause or not, you got to think. No, but you got to think that, that Wardlow, I mean, when we talk about damaged goods, I think that would imply that there was some baggage or were there some stuff that really tarnished him um whether it's backstage or he's just unsafe to work within the ring or maybe it's something we don't even know about and i'm thinking that's probably what it is but you don't think there's any way that you can say okay we brought him back he's destroying people left and right there's got to be a way that we can get him in the mix i think he's going to be on the next pay-per-view i really do i think he is Against who? How do you how do you make it happen? 
He's not well, in the storyline. I think what you can do is you can either have like an open challenge. I think that would be really, really interesting. Um, I believe there is going to be, well, they got Juice Robinson right now uh, going after Max's uh, diamond ring. You could have something like that. You could have Wardlow end up winning the uh, the diamond battle royal, whatever they call that. But you could also think about this. Jay White got jumped by a bunch of guys dressed up. What happens if one of those people is Wardlow? And I know people are thinking, my God, Wardlow's huge. You would not mistaken him. But what happens if he was one of those guys who was dressed up in black, but he was off camera? That's a way that you could work him into this thing. MJF could call on his assistance because Bullet Club Gold is becoming such a thorn in his side. And I've mentioned this before on prior shows. You can do that. He can come to the aid of MJF. MJF is already turning babyface, and he's he's over. What would be better than having MJF back with Wardlow now where they're a dominant duo? I think that would be tremendous. Yeah, something like that could work. But I, to me, it's just Wardlow's had so many starts and stops. He's just lost now. And I don't know how you, you rebuild him. Because as a fan, they bring him in, have a program with whoever it is. The first thing going to pop in my head is, well, this is going to get screwed up in two months' time. It's just, unfortunately, we've become very jaded wrestling fans. Most of us are like it. But the history is there with him. How many times has it happened when they had him red hot? And nothing. And then he's red hot and nothing. And then he's red hot and we don't see him for six months. Yeah. So uh, to rebuild him would be a long-term project at this point. Because fans, well, one fan, me, I can only speak for myself, would have a hard time getting behind him. Not because I don't like him. Not that he's not a good wrestler or anything like that. I just don't want to be disappointed again. Get amped up for a Wardlow run, and it's over for no reason. Well, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be real interesting to find out what's going to be happening. Also, the big event that I just mentioned before is going to be full gear. It's going to be happening November 18th at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, California going to be starting at 4 p.m. Now, that's Pacific time. Right now, the only match that we've got so far is going to be MJF taking on Switchblade Jay White for the AEW World Championship. Now, I think it's going to be interesting to find out what they end up doing with that. Do they take the belt off of Max um, as he gets distracted? Does Roderick Strong interfere with this whole thing? The Roderick Strong Kingdom storyline, I think I was not okay with it in the beginning. I'm really liking it now. I'm really starting to to open up to it um, because I think there's many directions you can go into. Are you what's your thoughts on on the aspect of taking the belt off of MJF, or do you think this is Switchblade's first title match? We're not going to give it to him right away. So by then, Max will be the champion for a year. 
Yes. Ish, you know, give or take, whatever a week. His first run's been good. Uh, I know you've considered it a little lackluster at times. I've been a little more entertained with him than, than you have. Um, I would be surprised if they take it off him at this point, even though a one-year run is quite a run, especially for an organization that hasn't been around a long time. Correct. Uh, however, has Jay White earned it? Yeah. He's put off great matches, very good talker. Him with the Bang Bang Gang, Bullet Club Gold, and all that stuff. It's very entertaining. And it's over. But he's he hasn't I don't think anyhow. He's won any other titles, has he? Like he hasn't been the He hasn't TNT or the international or the no, but I think you gotta look at it from the perspective of okay, we've we've done this for a year. Mm-hmm. Where are we? Um, are we where we thought we would be? Did this live up to expectation? Did this not live up to expectation? Um, might it be a good thing to switch it up a little bit? I think a lot can be said for sometimes it's good just to mix it up a little bit. Even if Jay White does not have it for very long, I still think sometimes changing some things, um, I think it's important. I mean, do, do I sound crazy? I mean, it's not that you can never give the, the title back to MJF, but I think I think you got to change it up a little bit. Sometimes spice is good, and I think this might be a good thing. No, I totally get where you're going with it. It makes 100% sense. But I'm not on board with it. Kind of contradicted myself there, didn't I? You know what I mean? Like I understand it, but I would keep the belt on MJF personally. That's fine. No, I, I I get that. Um, so you don't think at the end of the day they're going to take the belt off? So who do who do you ultimately think is going to? I know a lot of people said that there was going to be an implosion between him and Adam Cole, which would lead Cole to turning heel to taking the belt off of Max, which then would make Max a super baby face. Do you, I mean, do we still feel that way? I mean, now that we know that he's going to be out for quite a while, like... Well, he shattered his ankle in four places or something, isn't it? Or three yeah, places. Yeah. Like, he's going to be... He ain't coming back for a bit. So I don't think that's the route. Do you think that they would end up using him... Like they used Britt Baker, meaning he's not able to wrestle. However, we still think that he could offer a lot, even injured in a wheelchair or something to that nature. Yeah, I could see that. It would make sense. I mean, because, because he is involved with, with him. He can be pretty polarizing. You it know, would be. I mean, he can hit somebody with a chair from a wheelchair. He can, you know, toss in the ring. The, the dynamite diamond ring or whatever it's called. You know, he, you could use him for stuff like that. You could also use him to to screw it up for Max, too. You know, he meant to, whatever, throw this into the ring for Max. The ref caught him doing it. You could you could play that route. There, there are avenues. Because the thing is, if you take Cole off, 
because I mean, he's, he's going to be quite a long time. But if you take him off TV altogether, I won't say he'll be forgotten. No, because I mean, he's still Adam Cole, but. Right. You know, out of sight, out of mind type of thing. So when you come back, you got a lot of rebuilding to do. You're not starting from scratch with a nobody nobody knows. But he's you no know, he's been off TV for however long. So you gotta rebuild him. And you know, where where do you go with it? The MJF few possible feud, you know, faction with him, tag team is dead. Cause Cole's been off, and even if you bring him back, you can't keep the belt on the tag belt on MJF for six months. You know, so you, you gotta do something there. So, you know, once the surgery is done and he's healed up somewhat, you know, have him do some cameos even. Just tape some vignettes. You know, uh, Max going to see him at his house with a get well soon balloon and, and, and you know, a get well soon card and hanging out with my buddy. We're going to, I don't know, drink beer together. We're, Could be you interesting. Know, you go that route so it still keeps them involved. Right. But you got to get the tag belts off uh, Max. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, him defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Who did he defend him against? And I thought it was like, holy shit, like, really? No, I don't um, I'll come back to that one. But let, let's talk about Jay White again for, for a second, because you made a really good point. You said, well, who is he really? What has he done so far in AEW? So um, February the 18th of 2023, he lost a match to Eddie Kingston, and it was the loser leaves New Japan Pro Wrestling. So then... In April, he debuts. He defeats Commander. Um, that was April 19th. April 26th, uh, Jay White and Juice Robinson defeat Ricky Starks and Sean Spears, which was a good match. Then May 17th, Jay White defeats Ricky Starks. And then May 28th, he ends up losing um, the Blackjack Battle Royal. But then in, uh, no, in June, he defeats Ricky Starks again. Um, they end up losing to Cash Wheeler and CM Punk. And then they end up winning in a gauntlet match that included the Guns, FTR, and Ricky Starks. It was a six-man. Um, AEW title elimination, elimination match. Bullet Club Gold defeated FTR. And then best two out of three falls, Cash Wheeler and Dex Harwood defeated Bullet Club, Jay White and Juice Robinson. Um, and this happened again in July. Jay White uh, and Juice Robinson defeated Action Andretti and Darius Martin. Jay White defeats Malik. Jay White defeats Dalton Castle. Um, CM Punk and Darby Allen and Hook defeat Jay White, Luchasaurus, and the Mogul Embassy's Brian Cage. Bullet Club Gold, Jay White and Juice Robinson beat Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, Jay White defeats Dax Harwood recently in a match. He's he's had some some really good matches in here. Jay White defeats Andrade, which I thought was really good. That happened uh, in September, and then Jay White defeats Hangman Adam Page in October. Everybody beats Hangman Page these days. Stop. With so in, in his recent matches, I mean, he defeated Hangman. 
he defeated Andrade. Um, they ended up losing to Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood um, in a great, great match, which was nearly an hour on TV. But Jay White then defeated Dax Harwood. So there's a lot of good stuff that he's done. I think I think you have to look at it from the perspective of when we look at our year in review, what have we done well? What have we not done well? And if we got to mix it up a little bit, sometimes you got to mix it up and you got to try things. And I think if you do this whole bullet club thing and then you end up having maybe the young bucks, where does that fall with them? Um, How does that fall with Kenny? Where does hangman fall in all of this? Does this potentially spill over into wrestle kingdom? So it'll it'll be really, really interesting, but I think you got to roll the dice and you got to somehow do one of two things. You either put the belt on Jay White or Wardlow has to come in for the save, uh, get the ring away from Juice Robinson, slide it into MJF. Boom. He hits Jay White. MJF gets the win. He's reunited with Wardlow. They do the big hug. They go up the ramp together. There's, there, there's a way to do it with Max, and there's a way to be able to salvage Wardlow. And I think at that point in time, that could really become something. Um Recently, I thought the big Bill Ricky Starks combination being tag team champions almost reminded me of Shawn Michaels and Diesel uh, having W. Morrissey being the Diesel character and Ricky Starks being the Shawn Michaels. I don't know if that makes any sense or if that's a decent comparison. What's your take? Well, interesting take for sure. You know, you got your your big powerhouse man, then you got your more your finesse flying around guy that can. It's a good, not a bad call at all. Not gonna lie, when you said Shawn Michaels, first thing I thought is if he says Marty Jannetty, I don't know where we're gonna go with that. That's gonna be a hard one to follow up. That would definitely be difficult. Um, Big Bill's looking great, just for dude. Him. Big Bill looks, and, and I don't know if people know Big Bill's story, but Big Bill, I believe he had issues with substance abuse um, and or depression. Uh, I know depression definitely. Yes. And he overcame so much and people are so proud of him and how, what a great person he is. And so I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I'm glad he's doing well. And I remember reading in an interview that people kept saying, you know, well, you know, now that you're back, you, you're looking to team up with Enzo again. And he, he answered it very well when he said, and that was a chapter in my life. I loved it. It was great. It, it it really did put me on the map. But he wanted to be his own guy. And I respect that. I completely respect that. So, um, do you want to let you know that if you're looking to go to an AEW live event, you can see AEW Collision, which is going to be happening in, uh, let me see if I pronounce this right, Union Castle, uh, Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun. And that's going to be October the 28th. That's going to be on a Saturday night. If you're interested and you're in the Louisville area, they're going to be at the KFC Yum Center, which will be happening on Wednesday, November 1st for Dynamite. Collision will then return to uh, Wichita, Kansas in the Intrust Bank Arena happening Saturday, November 4th for Collision as well. And then we're going to be starting to head a little bit further away. Uh, they return to Portland, Oregon for Dynamite, November the 8th. Uh, Friday, November 10th, they're going to have Rampage in in California, Orlando, or, um, Oakland. And then we go back to the land of the north. 
uh, Ontario, Canada at the Toyota Arena. It's going to be an episode of AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite. Also continuing with that, let's see. Where else are they going to be in Canada? Where's the Toyota Arena? Where's that? It's a Toyota Arena. It's in Ontario, Canada. There's more than one town in Ontario. I don't know. November the 15th. Oh, Mike. I'll look it up. My gosh. I don't live in that country. You're uh, reading it. I, I, I'm reading where the are- what the name of the arena is. I don't have exactly the history of the arena. All right. Let me get back to this. Um, on Tuesday, December 5th. <laughs> it's in Ontario, California, knucklehead. What? Let me see here. Shut up. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Okay, my bad. All right. So let's go back to the, the Canadian tour again. They're going to be in Montreal, Quebec at the Bell Center for a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night. You're going to have uh, Collision Dynamite and Rampage, and they're also going to be again at the Bell Center on um, those same dates again, Collision uh, Dynamite. Rampage. Um, it's going to be probably a combo of both nights. And that's going to be happening at the Bell Center. Eat shit. I got it wrong. Okay. Who names a place? Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Ontario, California. It's Ontario, Canada. Oh, my God. So when did it come into Montreal? I'm not even, nope, even going to say shit now. You just, you, you, you squash that. It's not even funny anymore. Now I feel like dog shit. Is it Montreal, New Mexico? Yep, yep. Keep it up. Keep it up, my friend. I was reading that promo like I was really like, oh, yeah, it's really good. I'm going to give everybody some upcoming AEW ticket dates. <laughs> Yep. 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 Now he can't even he can't even use his microphone. It's ridiculous. All right. Yeah, just be you know what, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna just prove that I'm not the only person who has issues with this. Here's a list of United States cities named after non-United States places. Are you ready for this? Sure. Um Brussels, Wisconsin, Brussels, Illinois. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Waterloo, New York. Waterloo, Indiana. Waterloo, Illinois. Um, there's got to be some more. Isn't there like a Paris, Tennessee as well? I don't know. Perfect. Thank you so much. Anyway, there's other. I'm not going to go through these. Fuck this segment. I'm done. I'm I know done. there's an Ontario, California. Nope. <laughs> they got the Toyota Arena. Nope, we're done. We are officially done. You were so adamant about well, where's that arena? Where's that arena? Guess what? You just got bumped. Can't even believe this bullshit. One of my dearest friends just riding my ass on this. I try to do my best on this show. I think everybody can appreciate that. By the way, if you're listening to this show, thank you so much. Uh, great number of downloads we're getting all also this month. Uh, if he can contain himself and behave, I'll bring the butster back. Let's try it. Can you behave yourself? And nope, couldn't do it. And I cut him off. Nope, couldn't do it. Let's try it one more time. 
What do you got, Butster? You got to say something. You got the microphone. Yep. Still couldn't do it. Still couldn't get his act together. Man, he's going to. If he was in his wife's classroom, he would be in timeout. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead this next segment off, and then if he can get his shit together, we can bring him back in. This is gonna be an interesting one. We're gonna talk about the wrestlers right now that are the 30 best wrestlers in the world right now that are 30 years older or less. Okay, so once again, these are the 30 best wrestlers in the world. Uh, that are under the age of 30. And you're probably going to say, well, who came up with this friggin' list? This is the Sportster, and it was written by Matthew Wilkinson. So the Sportster. All right, let's go back to the Buttster and see if he can get his shit together. Here we go. Let's try it again. I'll try to be good, Mr. Freeland. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so very much. By the way, Mercedes Monet, she should be coming in the next five years. I'm sticking with that now because you just embarrassed me. Oh, in front of my in front of my tens of tens of fans. When the hell did we get ten fans? I didn't get that memo. I think we have at least. I think we have a solid nine. It might be ten. Okay. All right. Um, there's a lot of different stars on this list. Some people may or may not be super familiar with them. I'm going to go over them. So these are the stars that people um, are really performing at their best right now under the age of thirty, such as Gabe Kidd uh, is one of them. If you're not familiar with Gabe Kim, Gabe, wow, Gabe Kid, sorry, he is one of them. Austin Theory is one of them. Willow Nightingale is one of them as well. Um, some of the names you may not be super familiar with. Um, if you're not an AEW person and you don't watch the indies, uh, you probably don't know who Nick Wayne is. But Nick Wayne is considered, he's only 18 years old, just graduated high school, and he's on AEW. Austin Theory is 26 years old. He's in WWE. A lot of people saw him being the heir apparent to John Cena. That didn't exactly turn out the way we thought it was. Again, Willow Nightingale. She's 29. Great wrestler. Wheeler Yuta. A uh, man looks like he's 12 with some pube facial hair. He's 26 years old. Not a bad wrestler, but I just can't take him seriously. Um, Rio, who is 26 years old. She is from Japan. She is the star that Kenny Omega actually trained and brought her over. Here's a guy I'm high on, Kyle Fletcher. Ossie, Ossie, Ossie. Oy, oy, oy. Love these guys. What's your thoughts on Ossie Open and Kyle Fletcher? Yeah, they're very good. Uh, I was late to discovering them. I really didn't know anything about them until they were on AEW. Uh, good. Um, trying to think of the other guy's name. Not Fletcher, but his tag team partner is an absolute beast. Hmm. Yeah, I'd um, love to help you on that one, but... <laughs> Not really sure where I'd find that answer. Well, maybe it's written on the walls of the Toyota Arena. You know what? That's that's, that, I'm, that's your last warning. I'm sorry. I'll be good. I'll do better. No, uh, Kyle Fletcher, very good. Uh, I didn't know much about him until the last little bit when they were on AEW. And yeah, he's very good. Uh, I enjoy his work. No doubt about that. How Mark old James. Mark Davis is his tag team partner in Aussie Open. He is, you're right, a beast. Uh, he broke his wrist, and that's why they yeah. didn't end up winning the tag titles um, originally. How old is is whom? Uh, um, Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher, he's 24. Yeah, still a young man. Dude, keep him locked up. Dude, that guy's going to be amazing. I mean that right now. Um, Leo Rush is on this list. He's 28, but we're not going to talk about him. There's... 
Um, Jordan Grace is 27. Interesting. She said she was stepping away from wrestling to focus on bodybuilding. She never really got looked at by any other outside companies. AEW never really looked at her. WWE didn't look at her. So now she's returning back to Impact Wrestling. Uh, her contract actually signed a new one. Uh, Masha Slamovich, who I have spoken with, she's 25. I think she's fabulous. I agree. Um, the aforementioned Tyler Bate, um, he was in NXT UK. Butch, what was Butch's original name? Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn, I think he's fantastic. He's amazing. Yeah. He looks creepy. He does. He really does. Uh, Wes Lee, who is in NXT, he's amazing. He's only 28. Um, who else? You know what? This this girl is really good. Um, God, I, I don't know how. There's a lot of names that I'm not really sure how to pronounce. And I'm going to throw this over to you. And I'm going to have you pronounce this name because I want to know how you would pronounce it. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's see here. Private chat. Your audio is choppy. I'm just reading that now. How do you say that? And don't say Galia. Um, Here we go. Giulia? Giulia, I guess. <laughs> it's like you're asking a question. Giulia? Yeah, she's a, a sensational wrestler. Um, she, I believe, is the stardom champion right now. She's done an amazing job. Um, she is very young as well. So I feel like there is some reports that she is actually going to be making her way over to AEW. Um, to work in the women's division. So think about it from this perspective. Let's say Mercedes Monet comes in. Let's say this young lady comes in from stardom. Let's say you get Jamie Hayter back. You get Britt Baker back in the fold. Um, you potentially could really start to rebuild that women's division and, and make it look really good. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Hayter is going to be a swing, I think. I think she is going to be the. I think she's going to be the one because right now, listen. You you put the belt back on Harkaru Shida, and you did it for a reason because nothing against Soraya. I mean, it, it was a it was a good heart filled story, right? But you knew that she wasn't going to be somebody who's going to be drawing people in, and I think she's better as a baby face than she is a heel. I really honestly do. So we're going to see what they're going to do with that. Tiffany Stratton uh, in WWE is only twenty four years old. The NXT star. She's going to be good for a long time. Daniel Garcia is only 25 years old. Here's what I want you to do. Here, You ready? Yep. You, you want to make my day? You're going to put your microphone down. You're going to stand up. You're going to walk nope. away from the desk, and you're doing the – I'm not doing You're going to do the Daniel Garcia dance. Come on. No. Come on. Sorry, Mike. There's too much stuff in the office. Not enough room. Oh, my God. I don't ask for much. <laughs> Well, you asked for too much on that one. Sometimes I do ask for a lot. I do. I ask for a lot of merchandise. Um, by the way, again, if Mercedes Monet comes in the next five years, then I still win this bet. Um, Liv Morgan um, is 29 years old. And right now, Liv Morgan um, has been around for actually quite a while, but she's still under the age of 30. It feels like she's been in WWE forever. Bandito, who is a huge international star um, in Mexico as well, he's only 28 years old. And he's on AEW's roster. Logan Paul. Uh, I don't know if you saw the most recent Logan Paul match, but after he won the boxing match, he calls Rey Mysterio out. And he says that he wants to go after Rey 
and the United States Championship. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. If Logan Paul's good. He's Logan Paul is good. Logan Paul, I, I will say this. Logan Paul out-wrestled Roman Reigns when he wrestled him. Was that at SummerSlam, I want to say? Maybe not. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Anyway, so that's interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah. Any any thoughts on this segment before I wrap that one up? Uh, no. Um, Tyler Bates, I figured he was over 30 by now. And Daniel Garcia, only 25. He seems like he's been on AEW for five years. AEW, I know, hasn't been around five years, I don't think, yet, but. Uh, no, they just celebrated their fourth anniversary. Yeah, but it's, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like he's just been around. It seems like he has been around for forever. I agree with you. Right? Yeah. How old's Natty Nyhard? I'm going to say 37. Um, I'm going to see what her age is. You say she's 37. Let me see what she is. She was born in 1982, so that means she's a year younger than I am. She's 41. Wow. She's 41, yeah. Looks great for 41, that's what I'll say. I agree. Um, what else was I going to mention to you? I mean, there's so many things on this show that I want to talk about, but the other thing I wanted to mention, I'm trying to go through all my notes right here. Where did I put this? Oh, so there's a team in there. Or I should say was a team in NXT uh, called the Grizzled Young Veterans. Have you heard about them? You ever seen their matches? No, I don't think I have. So there was a great team that was in NXT. They were called the Grizzled Young Veterans, and they have been asking for the release from WWE for a while. So let's also put this in perspective. As many people that they claim they want to go to WWE, there's a lot of people who are wanting to get out of WWE. So if people think that's a land of Oz and that's the, the paradise, not exactly probably what nine times out of 10, the image of something is way better than the reality of it, right? In the, our minds, we tend to believe things are great and wonderful and covered in frosting and whatnot. But the reality is it's probably not anyway. Uh, throughout most of the year, the Dyad has been trying to leave WWE, and they asked for the release. Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed, who were previously known as James Drake and Zach Gibson, they were members of the Schism, but decided that they wanted out of WWE. Now, uh, they were, again, NXT superstars. They finally parted ways, and now they're officially free agents right now. James Drake took to Twitter to upload a promo video of himself and Rip Fowler as they made it clear that they were sick and tired how NXT presented them and are looking forward to doing things on their own now. Um, let me see if I can follow that here. So James Drake wrote on Twitter. He wrote this. No production crew. No spooky lighting. No contact lenses. We're proud of being professional wrestlers. We are the grizzled young veterans. So let me see if I can pull this up here, this audio clip, so you can hear about this. But if you haven't seen them wrestle before, but you need to see them. They're really good. I like them a lot. You've never heard of them? I don't think so. You haven't heard of them, and I get the fucking Toyota Center wrong, and now all of a sudden, I'm not going to forget that. Mike, you had the name of the place right in front of you. 
I just saw I just saw Ontario. That's all I saw. That's all I saw. And I think it might be a typo on my side. I think it's supposed to be Canada. It's Orlando, California. There's no Orlando, California. Or Ontario. Whoa, okay. Are we gonna go are we gonna do that this week? We are is this where we're going? Uh-huh. Okay. Jeez, oh, All right, let me see if I can pull up this video of him. Uh, let's see here. Come on. Production, production, production. Where is this? One day ago, where is this? Grizzled Young Veterans, Grizzled Young Veterans. Here we go. All right, it's two minutes. So listen to it, keep your underwear on, and uh, here we go. We don't need to wait for the rain, okay? We're doing this now. No multicam, just one camera. No spooky lights, no special effects. I won't even need a contact lens, okay? No overproduction. We're no, done. no, 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 no overproduction. I mean, like, come on. Where does that get you? Nowhere. We're filming it now. No, seriously, where does that get you? Nowhere. You've got soulless wrestlers with heartless gimmicks. And then you've got the death of creativity. We took a long look around and we said to ourselves, if this, if this is the big life, then we're not looking to live it. We are sick of taking the safe option. We are sick of reading the same old boring scripts that go absolutely nowhere. nowhere. And we are sick with dealing with knobheads that have wormed, wormed their way into this business. A very famous British wrestler told us when we arrived in the States that it was time for us to put our head down and start listening to orders if we wanted to succeed. He said that he wanted us to have all the fun out of our system because there's no pirates here. Well, I am sorry for anyone that had different expectations for us. I am sorry that we can't be who you wanted us to be. Simply put, we are not politicians. It's a pirate's life for us. I am Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. This man is James Drake. Together we are grizzled young veterans that felt good to say again we have conquered all of Europe and we're never gonna stop. The boys are back. Yes, yes. And if you see the GYV coming, Great, your teeth, that, <laughs> yes. We'll make yes, the job a little easy for you, lad. Nice and easy on the editor. One, One take. Oh, that felt good. Let's go. Oh, yes. Let's go. Oh. Okay, grizzled young veterans. That's what they had to say. Um, what do you think? Took some shots at NXT. Took some shots at WWE. Um, what's your take? That's kind of the cool thing to do these days when you leave an organization is to make your dig at them. This is true. A lot of stuff you're saying is true. It's not like they're making up a bunch of crap. Uh, so, yeah, they, they definitely have way more f um, creative control and they're not being fed by the by the machine, for lack of a better term, now that they're gone. So... No, I, I hope they do well. I wouldn't be mouthing off too much, though, to where you burn bridges. No, I don't say burning bridges. Uh, what I will say is, I mean, a lot of people have said the script is the, all the, the long scripts and the having to memorize promos and, and the, the overproduction and just the micromanaging that happens. And, yeah, Triple H has done a really good job, and, and Shawn Michaels has also done a really good job. But I think the big thing, that you got to think about is 
people want to be wrestlers. And I feel like a lot of times in WWE, you don't get that opportunity. You really don't get to be a wrestler. They are labeling you as a sports entertainer or a superstar. And you got to follow their lead. And I think a lot of people get into wrestling because it's something they're passionate about, not something they want to be silenced about being. And I think when you hear that places like AEW allow you to be a wrestler and to fulfill your dreams and not just to be this caricature, I think that some people want that. I think that that's exciting in my opinion. So um, I'm happy for them. I think they'll probably do very well. I, I hope to do anytime talent leaves. You know, whether it be leave on their own, get cut, whatever, you hope they do well. Because at the end of the day, we all got to make a living, pay our bills, support our family, so on and so forth. So, no, I think they're they're definitely on the right right track. Because that was pretty pretty nice promo they cut there. So, and they'll get extra attention just because they were WWE talent. So, as long as they can keep their momentum going, they'll do fine. Um, in one of our last segments here, there's a, a, a big thing going on right now with AEW and CMLL. There is a star, which is Mystico, which he used to be Sinkara in WWE. Friday, he made his debut on Rampage. Um, and he's had a rivalry in so many places with Rocky Romero. I mean, all over the place, Mexico, New Japan, everywhere. And it's a story that a lot of people, I feel like, don't really follow. If you don't follow CMLL, if you don't follow New Japan, and I feel like that's the that's the part that people are disconnected when it comes to AEW. They don't know these guys and their history and their past. Now, should they build them up better? Yeah, I definitely think you can do that. Can you tell their, their backstory through vignettes? Yes, I definitely do that. But this was known as the pound-for-pound pound rivalry. This was really something that they have gone back and forth over the years and had some great matches. Um, it's notable for many reasons. In fact, that AEW had previously had a partnership with AAA. Now, historically, AAA and CMLL, they do not get along whatsoever. So talent going back and forth in Mexico really had to be super careful what they were doing because if you end up leaving one promotion to go to the other one, don't expect to be able to come back because you're not going to be welcome. It's, it's one of those things. On Wrestling Observer, which is Meltzer and um, Brian Alvarez, they were talking about how the situation is probably going to play out with AEW having a relationship with CMLL and then AAA as well, because at the end of the day, one of them is going to say, you're either in bed with them or you're in bed with us. I mean, it only makes sense. Meltzer would go on to say, this is just not uh, Mystico coming to AEW. This is the beginning of a relationship AAA and CML guys have uh, working matches together, and this will not happen very often. You you never or you rarely see them on the same card, meaning guys from AAA on the same card as guys from CMLL. A uh, big reason why is CMLL hates that. And uh, AAA, I mean, they live for moments this, like they can when they can put down CMLL. Now, according to Meltzer, um, different performers like Andrade and Roosh and Ray Phoenix they were all able to end up getting in contact with Mystico again, formerly known as Sankar in WWE. And that talked to him about coming into AEW and about what the relationship would be like for him. If he still wanted to wrestle in Mexico as well. So 
I think it'll be, I didn't get to see the match yet. Um, obviously it's already happened. Um, but it's on rampage. It was on rampage, I should say. And I think, uh, it, it is probably a great match. Unfortunately, rampage doesn't get seen very often. And, and that's the thing. I do believe it happened this past week. If I'm incorrect, then it's scheduled for this upcoming week. But one of the two either happened this past week on Rampage or it's going to be happening this Friday. But it's considered to be a pretty big damn deal. So I'm, I definitely want to uh, put some time into covering that once that happens. Because that's, that's almost like having a WWE guy and an AEW guy still under contract with, with those promotions. And then still having independent bookings that you can take and wrestling each other on an on independent show or a non-CML AAA show. You know what well, I mean? What, what's the issue? Like, where? Why don't they get along? Um, it kind of goes back for a while. Let me see if I can pull that up. Like, is it just a wrestling nonsense? The reason they don't get along or is one trying to put the other one? Uh, trying to steal talent, or they, uh, let me see what I got here. Okay, here we go. So Conan explained this on his podcast, Keeping It One Hundred. So this is what he ended up saying. Uh, in the last month of 2020, many wrestling companies started talking about the possibility of working together. AAA and CMLL. Well, they just don't simply get along with each other. AEW and Impact Wrestling began their relationship working together, and who knows, maybe something else will happen more. But the companies just don't see eye-to-eye with each other. Yet the two biggest wrestling promotions in Mexico are dead set on never working with each other for various reasons. The last time the two companies worked together, it didn't end well, with all the matches feeling more of like a shoot than actually both companies working together to put on a good match. Conan, who's worked for WCW, Impact, and Lucha Underground, and countless other promotions, including AAA and CMLML, doesn't understand why they can't just get things to end up working out. Um, Recently, speaking to Michael Morales, um, he had the following to say, I have tried to help them work things out together, but there's a natural paranoia. One company may not trust the other company, or they have problems from what happened in the past, and those scars have not yet healed. And I say this, bro, what does it even matter, the past? What matters is giving people something different. Your champion comes to our company. Uh, our champion goes to your company. You bring in a wrestler here for three-month program. We send you a wrestler for so many months. We're trying to help each other out. It's not like uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling in all Japan pro wrestling, not getting well along either, because trust me, there was a few there too. They didn't like each other. Um, and there's so many other things that, that go into this as well. But from what I understand, and this is kind of triggering some more memories, they had a working relationship, but they really couldn't determine who was going to win the matches. The guys themselves had some issues with one another. Uh, and it, it was basically a shoot. It basically turned into more of a, an aggressive fight than it did actually putting on a good match because they couldn't decide, all right, we want our guy to win. You want your guy to win. It, it, it came into a situation like that because if one guy lost from one company, it would perceivably make the other company look superior and vice versa. Well, yeah, that's, that's how it works with winners and losers, but you need to understand that the, you would, you would, think them as professionals or should be professionals you you kind of got to do the back and forth okay you'll 
your guys are going to win and girls are going to win a couple matches. Ours are going to win a couple matches. We're doing it in a CML arena. So the CML, CMLL guy goes over or in a AAA arena, AAA talent goes over in your main event. Something like that, but that's just good business, or should be good business. I, I, okay, so this is gonna get get me sidetracked here. I know we're coming to towards the end of the show, so I apologize, Mike. But why is it always gotta be like this with wrestling? It's very territorial. Why? That's a great question. I think I and I made this comment before about high school or wrestling is a lot like high school, and I and I think that is applicable nobody wants to be seen as the lesser of the two WWE and WCW. They didn't want to be seen as a lesser think about from this perspective. And you're going to have a lot of WWE people who are defenders of that company who will say, well, we didn't bury anybody. Bruce Pritchard is known for saying, well, we didn't bring anybody in from WCW and necessarily bury them. Yet yeah, you did. You did. It was your way of, of, of finally sticking the final dagger in the WCW instead of saying, you know what, Let, let's go ahead and let's use these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but every company wants to be seen as the predominant one. Now, the only time I've seen this not happen is when Impact Wrestling and uh, AEW work together. Then again, I feel like AEW got the lion's share of the victories there, which I don't think was right. Um but yeah, I mean, every company wants to be seen as being the more dominant one. It's very, very much an alpha male industry. Our company's better than you. We can outdraw you. Yada, yada, yada. You name it. So. I'm just. It's sad when you think I about just it. don't get it because everybody will take AAA and CMLL. Just pure examples. If they work together, you know, they keep running their own. Their own area, territory, however you want to word that. But if they work together, trade off some talent here and there, run a, a show together every once in a while, you're all going to win. Like It's not like, you know, one has to be the top of the heap. If you can work together, you're both going to be better off. You're both going to be further ahead. I, I get agree. you need to have a certain amount of competition. Competition is great. It's great for business. It's great for the wrestlers. It's great for fans. It's great for them. But you don't need to have the me versus you. It's a war. I'm going to put you out of business. I'm going to crucify you. If somebody wrestles for you, they'll never wrestle for me. Come on. Give up the bullshit. That's just fooey. Grow up a bit. High school. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. Um, what was the last quote here? Here we go. This might not all make sense, but I'll, I'll try to read this to you. Um, I don't even think Dorian, who's AAA's owner, was even born when the problem actually started between the two companies. If so, maybe he was just a little boy. Sophia, who is the owner of CMLL, was just a young girl at the time. I don't even think they know each other. I don't know if I can even say this myself. This thing just keeps dragging on. They once had an event. It was on television. Uh, both companies together, AAA and CMLL, and they worked together. And yes, uh, everyone wrestled each other. Yes, they fought each other for real. 
The fanboys or the fans of CMLL are like fans of WWE, but worse. They are thrown like you have no idea. Can you imagine if these companies did end up having a chance to work together? They would fill an entire arena of their countrymen for years to come, but there's no way they're ever going to do that. So that's the way it is. So the current owners weren't even involved in this. So we're talking decades and decades ago that this happened. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a Hatfield and McCoy thing, right? It's a, it's a blood feud. I mean, they don't like each other. And for whatever reason, as time goes on, more generations continue this blood feud and the younger ones don't really necessarily stop and pause and evaluate and say, Hey, you know what? I get it. Something might've happened at one point in time, but we need to move on past this Mexico family lineage, all of that stuff. Wrestling is, is like religion. I mean, I don't know if people really understand that here in the States, we look at wrestling as entertainment, right? And yes, we have our sides that we pick, but down there, it's larger than life. It's they're bigger than, than some of the political officials down there. They're bigger than the baseball players down there. Um, there's so many things that are interwoven into this. And if you're told as a small child, we don't like those people, you're going to grow up thinking that way, right? And you really don't even know why you're going to be filled with all of this. Well, they didn't do good business or they were shooting on all of our guys. So that's all, you know, and then you grow up, you have kids and it gets passed on and passed down. That's how racism happens as well. I mean, one person or one group of people don't like it. They raise the next generation to not like somebody and so on and so forth. At the end of the day, no one really knows where it started, but yet it continues. Problem. Thus putting them mild. But you get my point. So we'll see what happens. Well, we'll I get what your happens. point. Anyway. I, just... um, I do want to let everybody know Wednesday night, which is uh, coming up here, 1018 from Houston. AEW Dynamite is going to be on TBS Network at 8 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. Central, uh, Penta is going to be taking on Jay White one-on-one uh, -on -one for the very first time. Uh, Renee Paquette is going to be on the show. She's going to be doing some interviews. Uh, Nick Wayne and his mom are going to be sitting down with Jim Ross. Uh, also, the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal is going to be happening. MJF has won it the last four years. We're going to see if he wins that again. Um, and also some more live coverage of everything happening as we lead up to full gear, which will be happening again on November the 18th from the Kia Forum in Los Angeles, California. California has Is many. Is that close to Ontario, California? I don't think so. I'm assuming if it's named Ontario, it's probably close to your neck of the woods. Again, I'm guessing. I don't know. God, what was that name of that company that you could buy shit from off the web? And it was just, it would be like crappy knockoff versions of everything. I have no idea. Oh my God. I'm going to think about it. You still and haven't figured that out? No. Let me see here. Um, Wish? Wish. Thank you. Thank you. Wish. Have you ordered something off a of Wish? Nope. Yeah, it's dog shit. Don't do it. Team U seems to be the same thing. Anyway. What did you buy now? I didn't buy anything. Okay. I didn't buy anything. 
All right. Anything else you would like to add to the show itself? No. Enjoy it? Was, it? it was good. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. I do too. I do too. So we, we covered a lot of different things. I mean, we talked about um, AEW. We talked about WWE. Um, oh, Geography. I know we did. I wanted to mention this really quickly. I teased this earlier on in the intro, but Andrade Elidolo, um and multiple AEW stars are reportedly off limits for a new debuting former WWE champion. Let me read this to you. This is by Sports Keyed Up. Former WWE NXT champion is set to make his debut on Friday's Rampage. He will reportedly be off limits to certain stars, including Andrade. The former NXT champion is Mystico, formerly known as Sankara. Mystico is currently signed with CMLL and is set to make his AEW debut on Friday's Rampage, thanks to Tony Khan. Well, here's the reason why. Andrade is also, he wrestles in uh, Mexico as well. And yeah, feud continues between the companies. They don't want them to be in the same ring together, even when it's happening somewhere else. This was a quote. Uh, like if Mystico comes in and does really well and you think, wow, it'd be really great to have him have a match with Ray Phoenix. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Or Andrade. That's not going to happen. Roosh. That's not going to happen. All those guys are off limits. He can work with the American wrestlers, but he's not going to work with anyone who is Mexican who has ever worked or is currently working with AAA um, at any point in time. That means Andrade, a couple of years ago, worked with AAA. He is still considered off-limits, and uh, he will not be allowed um, to work with anybody from CMLL. This is insane. I wouldn't bring him in. This is stupid. This I is just dumb. Like, you bring a guy into AEW, and he has a great match, and people think, wow, that'd be great for him to go against Penta, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, you name it. Nope, can't do it. Because I mean, literally, in the article, it says that Andrade, a couple of years ago, ended up working with AAA, and he still would be looked down upon or maybe even blackballed if he had a match with Mystico because Mystico's from CMLL. That's just nonsense. Does not make any sense whatsoever. It is what it is, my friend. That's the world of wrestling. That's the world of wrestling. With that being said, we hope you enjoyed the show. We talked to WWE. We talked to AEW. Uh, talked a little bit about Impact, but we're really curious about what's going to be happening with Nick Aldis when he uh, really gets into the swing with SmackDown. I think that's going to be interesting. What's the TV deal going to be? Um, and a lot of people have said, you know, don't take this personal. It's not AEW versus NXT. What they're trying to do is they're trying to boost up the ratings for NXT to get them prepared for the next TV deal. Um, and that's kind of the reason why they're loading up all of their shows, which, I mean, I can see that happening, but it also kind of looks like really like you're, you're putting the undertaker and you're putting John Cena and you're putting all these people on NXT shows when that's not what it's going to be like. So basically you're, you're false advertising for getting a new TV deal when these guys really aren't even going to be on your shows. Right. I mean, seen as a part-timer at best undertakers already retired. They've talked about maybe him having another match, which I think would be a joke. But anyway, um, Tony Khan said a few things on social media about WWE, and he shot some comments off. Um, and I think he referred to either Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and I'm paraphrasing here as bald-headed idiots. Um, and the, now that I look into it now, should Tony Khan have said those kind of things? 
No, he shouldn't have. But when you, there's an article, and I'm going to have to send this to you, Butster. It was about how WWE has continued to try to poach talent from AEW when talent is under contract with AEW. The William Regal thing, he made that sound like it was, I want to go back because my son's in developmental and he'll be coming, he's working his way up through the ranks of NXT. The reality is when Vince came back, he wanted to be gone because he didn't want to work under Vince McMahon, but he did want to come back and work for Triple H. So it was kind of like, well, I'm going to be here with you. And then if things get better where I really want to be, then can I leave? And I think Tony was very kind about that. And But now Tony Khan has been like, you've been trying to contact people left and right. And there have been other instances as well where tampering has occurred. And he said, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with them. And at one point in time, Tony said he would have been potentially open to working a relationship or some type of event with WWE. But obviously the ship has sailed at that point in time. So again, there's your next big blood feud. Um, Maybe not to the level of CMLL and AAA, but it's still not. Yes, not, it is. Well, 100%. It is just as bad. See, I don't know. Okay, so here's the thing. When it came, when it comes to talent in WWE, okay, from what I understand, from Tony's perspective, right, Tony is not actively, because trust me, we would have heard of this. Hey, such and such. Hey, such and such. You want to come over here? But the, the thing is, though, people have literally gone back to Tony and said, such and such is calling me. Such and such is calling me. And Chris Jericho mentioned it. I mean, you remember Jericho's situation. He signed a contract with a, with a AEW after he got done with his stuff uh, at Wrestle Kingdom with Kenny Omega. And Vince said, can you get out of that? I mean, let me try to get you out. Of it just it just never stops. And I think at the end of the day, um, a couple things have come to light recently. Tony Khan is sick and tired of WWE interfering. And the other thing is Matt Hardy gave an interview and he said that he believes that Tony Khan has been too nice in many categories with giving people opportunities to leave or get out of their contract or uh, in the case of Steven Regal or William Regal being able to go back to NXT and um, you know whatever but I, I, just, I don't know I'm just I don't trust WWE I don't trust them as far as I can throw that's all, it's all fair and love and war there you go all right anything else you want to talk about anything else that's on your mind no everything else is good good yeah. good, 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 good. good next big show coming up give people the details the dates where you're going to be at and uh, what they can buy from you uh, Saturday coming up at R.G. Sinclair Public School here in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, 17 Pre-Rare Boulevard. Uh, it's a it's an artisan market that the school board puts off. All local vendors here. All handmade, handcrafted, various things. Uh, we'll be there. Uh, we'll have about 50 different types of toys. And uh, Linda and I will be there. It's from 9 a.m. to 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. So if you want to stop on in and see us if you happen to be in the area that's ontario canada kingston ontario canada don't go to the toyota center in ontario california i won't be there it's too far away kingston ontario canada but yeah come on in and see us and then we have a show next month at the cfb kingston that's on november 18th and 19th and then mckinnon brothers brewery their holiday market december 2nd and 3rd and the pet center at queen's university once again here in kingston ontario and that'll be about it and according to 
Mike's private chat. I'm to throw it to the close. It's my turn. So thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Front Row Material. Uh, I'm Christopher Butt. He's Mike Freeland. And we hope you enjoyed the show. Feel free to tune in and take it easy. Be safe. Bye-bye.